Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. And I get to introduce a wonderful pastor, Amy. She's going to blow us away with an awesome word. Thank you, Jana. I guess you're going to have to be up here more. (laughs) You're doing great. Everybody's doing great this morning. Good job, worship team. And we're just, I'm just excited this morning. I just, I really do believe that if you're here today, you're here for a reason, that God has something for you. Um, So let's pray. And then I have, I have a message to share with you. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. I pray that you would open our heart to what you're saying, open our heart to the word, and God, just um, speak to us this morning. Do what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so when I was young, growing up, my brother and sister and I used to have a song that we would sing to each other. Well, I mean, we had lots of songs. (laughs) I don't want to start singing them all. My sister was like, Amy, don't sing that this morning. Please, Amy, don't. I don't, I don't want to be there. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to do it. Uh, but, so it was the kind of song that we would sing when one of us was getting moody, probably upset because things weren't going the way that we wanted them to. And so we would put our choir voices on and sing the song written by Mick Jagger with the Rolling Stones. And uh, I'll play it for you first so you can hear the original. So I thought we could all sing it together this morning. Ah, oh yeah, okay, let's do it. You can't leave me hanging though. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But if you try sometime, you might find you get what you need. Oh, you're very good at that. I apologize. I apologize for your ears. My youngest daughter, well, first of all, we passed it on to my kids. So we would sing it to them whenever they would, like, get pouty. And now they sing it to each other. And my youngest daughter, Mara, she has changed the words for herself. And she sings, you can't always get what you want, but if you cry, you might. (laughs) Yeah, you can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you might find you get what you need. So, I mean, if you need a tool, feel free. Feel free to take this one. I hope my children sing it to their children, and it's just heartwarming to them. So, of course, the person that we sing it to is usually not very pleased. Just as a forewarning, you might have to navigate that. But please, pass on the tradition, just like... I passed it on to my family, now I pass it on to you. But it is the cold, hard truth. You can't always get what you want. Since you know we're in the middle of a prayer series, or if you didn't, now you do, 
um, you, can, you can begin to see the application that I might want to bring this morning. You can't always get what you want. Some people think that having faith in God or following Jesus means that they get some special passcode that unlocks all of God's unlimited resources. And the truth is what they actually want is for faith to be the way they get all that they want from God, everything they want. And what happens is when it doesn't work that way, they assume something's wrong with them or wrong with God. Maybe you can identify that personally or you know someone who's struggled with that. But the truth that we want to establish this morning is that authentic biblical faith keeps God firmly in control and gives him the ability to say no. Keeps him in control and gives him the ability to say no. And you know, as long as a person is trying to get something from God, they will have a really hard time surrendering their life to God. Because real faith rests in the person of Jesus, and it has to be our foundation. And I think there's a lot of disappointment in the world today among people who think that being a Christian is praying and not automatically translating into getting what you want. It doesn't work that way. Because the truth is, you can't always get what you want. And sometimes we know this really intimately, whether it's the loss of a loved one, um, a cancer diagnosis, maybe a business that's failed, financial trouble, the loss of a relationship, any number of things that we usually ask God to intervene for. And I, I believe that each one of us has had that kind of disappointment. We don't understand. There's so many times that things don't happen on this side of heaven. Some of God's promises pass when we're in eternity with him. And it's not fair, right? Sometimes other people's prayers are answered. And that can be really hard. We'll never understand everything on this side of heaven. But one thing I've learned is that my obedience to God is more important than the result that I want to get or getting what I want. Um, I've, I've been following Jesus for um, at least 23 years, even more, probably 25 years. And so I think over the years that understanding has grown in my life. And I want to share with you a, a fairly recent story. Um, my, my kids were still young. They were in, Annika would have been in, in kindergarten, and Mara wasn't quite going to school yet. She would have been maybe three and a half years old or something, where I had um, actually a funny moment where I didn't get what I wanted or what I was praying for. I really felt like at the time that God was speaking to me and telling me to go pray around the bingo hall in town. I think at that point it might have been um, closed. I, I don't remember if it was for sale or anything, but it was closed at the time. And I was bugging Travis, like, I really think we need to go pray at the bingo hall. And I didn't want to go ahead and do it. Like, I didn't want to go ask God for it if it wasn't what we wanted or what our leadership team wanted. So I'm like, come on, I just, I feel like we have to go there and pray. Come with me. And he wouldn't come. And I found that really frustrating. 
And maybe you've had that a time or two before. And what I've learned from that is if the Holy Spirit is speaking to me to do something, I can still, I can do it, you know, instead of just like dragging that guy along. Um, Because what he eventually said to me was, Amy, if you feel like God's telling you to pray, then you go pray. And I was a little bit unhappy. But I did. And so I would, I think I would drop the kids off at school. And then Mara and I, I would take her out, put her in a stroller, and we would walk around the building seven times because that's biblical. I just felt like it was what what I needed to do. And so we'd be walking around and I was praying and praying in tongues and just asking God, like, if if you have this for us, God, we want it. Everywhere our feet go as Christians, God, just like Moses and Joshua, would you give us the land everywhere our feet tread? And my faith was being built up and and I knew that God was going to do something in that place. And I didn't feel like a, a prideful because of me. I just, I knew God, you want to use this place. And I was getting really excited. And um, one of the times, <laughs> I, I forgot the stroller probably more than once. And uh, they had a shopping cart right, right by where I was walking. And so I just put Mara in the cart. And uh, I have a picture of it even. And so I would push her around in the grocery cart. And of course, it happened to be that there was massive construction happening at the time, and um, it was embarrassing. I don't think we have the pictures. Do we have any pictures? We do? Okay, there she is. And it was just a significant, like, God, you are humbling me. And I, and she, you know, she probably walked once around, but you know how they are at that age, like, Mom, what are we doing? My feet hurt, carry me. And so the shopping cart was just a gift from heaven, you guys. And that complaining stopped, and Mara still talks about it to this day. Like, remember, Mom, when you were praying, and I didn't understand what you were saying, and we would walk around? Um, So there's that picture. And uh, again, I was full of faith and so excited. And, And I would do this for weeks until one day, God, he just released me from that job I had of praying. And I pulled up to the front of that bingo hall, and this is what I saw. Future home of McLaurin Baptist Church. Come on. I had to be happy for them, but I was like, seriously, God? Like, what? I hadn't any idea. There was nothing, you know, whispering in the church world or in the newspaper. I had no idea. I pulled up that day. Okay. I didn't get what I wanted. And you know, I think there's other times where it's harder, it's more emotional. But I was invested, I was stirring up my faith for that, and, and God did tell me to go and pray. And so to this day, I don't know, I don't know if he just wanted to use me to help pave the way for another church to take the ground that he, he had given them, or if it's going to mean anything in 20 years. It doesn't really matter. It actually built my faith even more, kind of made me laugh. As much as it made me mad, I just thought, okay, I'm not in control. I can't bend your arm. You're in control. You know what's best, and God, if you have something better for us, we want it. We want your best. There are things that we'll pray for that don't come to pass. And there are things that will happen that don't make any sense. I want to tell you another story. 
um, if you can bear with me. There, there was a, I don't want to tell you all the details because it'll take so long, but let me try. There was a time where um, we, we were going to buy some land and some friends of ours had found a piece of land and we were actually going to buy a piece right next to them and it was beautiful. It was full of trees and you could just picture the life that you could have there. There was a creek that would run behind and it was just going to be a, a, a beautiful place to build this new house and be close to friends. It was really quite exciting. And so we had um, decided that we were going to put a deposit down on this piece of land. Uh, we hadn't seen it yet, but we knew from our friends telling us that, like, this is what we were looking for. And so we brought our checkbook, and, and we were really excited. And uh, the kids were in the vehicle with us, and we were just going to take a quick look and then go into town for supper and, and meet our friends. And so we parked the kids in the car, turned on the DVD player for them, gave them our cell phone, and just said, we're just going to go in here. We have to put snowshoes on. The snow is really deep. And so if you need anything, just give us a call. And otherwise, leave the vehicle on. Here's... Um, Here's your movie. And so Travis and I go in, or we're snowshoeing in snow that was, you know, up to your thighs if you weren't in snowshoes. And all of a sudden, the guy, he's leading us in, telling us all these beautiful stories. And he says, oh, I've just got some chest pain here. Uh, do you mind if we just stop? And we're like, yes, absolutely, let's stop. Do you, do you want to go back? Are you okay? Is this normal for you? No, it's totally normal. The doctor said, you know, it's no problem. I just take it easy when I, when I feel it coming on. Okay, we go a little more and we're, and we're like, are you sure? We're okay. Like, we can do this another time. You can, don't have to join us. No, I want to join you. There's this tree. I want to show you this tree. And he takes us further back. And in the end, he ends up saying, go down there and see the creek and the, the crossing. And we are, we go ahead and I turn around and I say, hey, if you need anything, just call us. And he says, if I can. We were already a ways, ways ahead. And I'm like, Travis, I think he said, if I can. No, he didn't. Did he say that? Yeah, he said that. So we take you know, a few more steps, and we're like, this doesn't feel right. We go back, and he's having a heart attack. He leans up against the tree, and he says, I think you should call 911. I'm having a heart attack. And we're like, okay, but there's no phone service. Travis looks at his phone, no phone service. We don't know actually where we are because we've now snowshoed, so we don't have a reference for 911. Travis finds a house that was being built, and he was able to get the land location. In the meantime, Travis said uh, before that, he's like, hey, do you want to stay with him, or do you want to go run for help? And I'm like, I don't know where we are, and I also don't want to stay with him. <laughs> And so all the thoughts went through my mind about movies that I've seen, and I thought this was a perfect setup that that guy had, you know. Do you know? Okay. <laughs> I won't say anymore. Anyways, um, it wasn't that. He was having a heart attack, and as, as uh, Travis came back, he did have 911 on the phone, and he kept phone service, and at that point, the gentleman was laying in the ground, his head was on my lap, and I just knew that I needed to make sure he knew about Jesus, but I didn't want to be weird. Prior to that, he says, are you okay with mouth-to-mouth -mouth if it comes to that? 
<laughs> and okay, this is what I said. I'm a first dater, I can help you. <laughs> I came from my training in junior high, that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so it's a serious moment because he's not doing very well. And Travis comes back and he's, he says, Amy, is he still conscious? Yes, he's still conscious. Yes, he's still conscious, he tells 911. And then in that moment, he seized and he wasn't breathing. And um, Travis comes closer after he convinces the 911 operator that he definitely wasn't breathing. We start CPR, he does, and I'm counting. And uh, staying alive, staying alive. They want you to say that out loud, and then they want you to count to 100. So I was counting for Travis, and, and it was like we thought for sure, okay, this is why we're here. Um, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, oh, and the lady's still on speakerphone. He was able to keep 911 on the phone. And so all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says to me, blow on him. His head's in my lap. Breathe on him. Blow on him. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And the lady's on the phone. And Travis, I say to Travis, the Holy, I think the Holy Spirit just told me to blow on him. And he's like, well, then do it. <laughs> so I do. I take a breath. <sighs> he goes. Like, immediately. And so we're like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And we're, 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 now we're getting weird, right? We're being those weird Christians, and we're praying in tongues, and we're excited. And, and he says it again, so I do it again. <sighs> And he breathes again. So now I'm like, this is amazing. This is a miracle. We're going to experience a miracle. This is so fun. And Travis, all of a sudden, you know, he's still not breathing again. And, and Travis says, breathe in Jesus' name. <gasps> he breathes again. It was, it was like the most spiritual moment you could ever be in. I knew that God was there. God was present. And he was, he was faithful to what he was telling us to do. So... Long story short, Star's Ambulance comes in. Meanwhile, my kids are stuck in the car where we parked them with no phone service, so that was fun. And so time goes by, and it turns dark, and Star's Ambulance is coming, and uh, other ambulances, and anyways, these guys had to run in with all their equipment, uh, snow up to their thighs, and they were there. And so they began to do their thing, and I ran to the kids, and um, victim services was there, asked if we wanted to talk to them. Like, I don't, I got to process this. I have no idea. There's a lot more details that I'll, I'll spare you of this morning. But um, we went to our friend's home. They actually came looking for us because we were taking so long. And um, they took the kids. They had food from Costco. They were starving. We go to their house to kind of debrief and just sit there around the table. And I call the hospital finally, because there was a, a story we knew about him. He was all alone and uh, wasn't really in connection with his family. So I called saying, is, is he there? And, well, they don't want to tell me. So I named all the people that I knew that worked there. Finally, they're like, lady, what do you want? Like, I just don't, we, want, we wonder if we should come. We don't want to be alone. And they said, oh, he died. What? Yep. He didn't make it. Okay. So we hang up the phone, have a cry. Why, God? Why did we have to be there? Why us? Why all of that stuff? I don't know. 
What I did know in the end is that there were other connections that, that were quite important relationally, and we were at the funeral and, and different things. We were able to share some things with the family, and we did find out that he did know the Lord, and I, I did ask him in a weird way, too, because <laughs> sometimes I just get weird and shy. But I, I didn't get what I wanted. And again, in that situation, it actually built my faith because I'm not in control. But the obedience part of just listening to the Holy Spirit made it okay. God, I don't know. I don't know why. I'd really like to ask you one day in heaven. I don't know why that happened. I don't understand. It's not fair. And don't you think we have other things to do with our time? Like, that was weird. <laughs> My kids were traumatized. But, you know, we have to have a foundation that we can trust God no matter what. And some of us have been taught that it meant we get everything we ask for and he will answer all our prayers. So why is it? that we don't? Why is it that when, when people don't get what they want, their faith just goes down the tubes when things start to go badly? How many people do you know that used to be Christians, they used to go to church, but not anymore? They used to believe, but not anymore. And something happened. Usually when people leave Jesus or leave the church, it, it's often, well, there's a few, but poor choices you know, whether they've made a, a gone off course morally or relationally. Because you can only ask for forgiveness to get rid of guilt or change your behavior. So that's, that's hard. You know, and, and people get hurt in that process. And another reason is an unexplainable tragedy. Because the tragedy doesn't always fit with the framework that they've built about the character of God or faith as they believe it to be. And so you've heard people ask the questions, well, how could a good God allow that to happen? Why didn't he stop it? And so I'm going to get to Bible, don't worry, because this is like Bible context, you know. But faith has to be taken right back to the foundation, trusting in Jesus and knowing that we can trust God no matter what. Because if we just base it on our experiences or what we see, our faith is fragile. And it's like a foundation built on sand, not cement, you know, because it's, it's just based on our circumstances and our ability to interpret events and the things that happen. We want faith and prayer to be the way that we get what we want. And it's so ingrained in us that it's hard taking no as an answer. So what's wrong with me, God? You mad at me? Or how could God do that if he was really God? So they walk away. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. I'm sure you know this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding depend on don't depend on your own understanding one version says seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take you see God never intended our faith to be built on what's going on around us or how consistently we get our way it can't rest on how closely God follows 
my plan for my life. My faith can't rest on that. Hey, God, this was my plan. You need to follow it. No, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. No matter what, we can trust God. Bad things happen. Whatever age, our kids have always, you know, been growing up and something bad will happen. You can trust God no matter what. I know that's hard. I know that hurts. But you can trust him no matter what. You can take that, that phrase and apply it so that it goes deep in your heart. It's not a way to get everything we want. He's a good father. Louis Giglio says, God is not a reflection of our earthly fathers. He's the perfection of our fathers. The Bible talks about him being a perfect father, his perfect love. How many thriving families do you know where the child always gets what they want? Okay, wait. I didn't, I, I didn't just say how many do you know where they always get what they want. But how many thriving families do you know where the children always get what they want. Because as a perfect father, God cannot and would not give us everything we ask for. Sometimes we can see the reason. You know, and the older we get, I think it's easy. You can, you can sort of apply that concept as a parent or if you spend time with kids. I can understand that. Um, because you know that what children want is not always best for them. I have a lot of stories this morning. God gave me these stories and, um, and the song and kind of uh, just, just really was in my heart to make it stick this morning through stories. When I was a little girl, Bonanza opened up in Grand Prairie. Do you guys remember Bonanza? It had a salad bar and you could order your steak, your kid's meal, and then they had unlimited pop. And in the very beginning, the waitresses came around with a pitcher of pop and filled up your cup. You'd drink it, put it down, they'd fill it, drink it, and you could drink so much pop. And my favorite at the time was cream soda. And we weren't used to free refills, you guys. I know all of you kids get free refills, but we didn't. We didn't even get to order pop at a restaurant because it never came with a kid's meal. And the parents would always say, no, you can have water. And if you're lucky, we'll stop at IGA and fill up some fountain pop for all of you to share later today. Right? <laughs> Maybe a two liter of Coca-Cola, but fountain pop. It was probably a dollar or something. I don't remember. Um, so... That day, I mean, we hit the jackpot with that refill. And I remember we were staying at a friend's house because our house had sold and we were moving to Saskatoon. And so I was there in the basement that night and all of a sudden I knew my stomach was not happy with me having everything I wanted, <clears throat> cream soda. And so I got off the floor where I was sleeping, and I began making my way across the carpet and up the stairs and into the hallway and, and into the bedroom where the washroom was because I was sick, but I didn't even make it two feet past my bed before cream soda followed me. And so just because you want something doesn't mean it's good for you. 
right? And just because you can doesn't mean you should. We always tell our kids that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So what's the wise thing to do? Probably not drink four liters of cream soda before bed, okay? I don't, I don't know if I ever drank it after that, but I don't anymore. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 to 13, in the message version, it says, The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. Okay, so this language is a little bit abrupt. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with. He knows better than what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiven others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. The powerful translation. It really gives a picture of not, not falling for that nonsense of getting what you want from God. You're probably more familiar with that part of the Bible. You can say it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, not my will, not my kingdom. My kids still don't know what's best for them. You know, even though they're getting older and I get to sleep through the night, and it's coming, ladies, it happens. One day you get to sleep through the night, and then the next day you get to, and the next day you get to, and then you have more babies, but eventually, <laughs> like, like 20 years later, you can sleep through the night. So, but they, they probably still would drink unlimited cream soda if someone was filling their cup nonstop. And I'm not punishing them from withholding it, but I know it's best. I'm not punishing them. Um, we moved to a house that's smaller, squishier. They have to share bedrooms. They have to share bathrooms. We're not punishing them by having them share a room. Actually, at this point, we know it's what's best to help shape their character. They needed to learn how to say excuse me when they bumped into someone in the bathroom brushing their teeth. You know, they needed to learn how to keep their space clean because it affects other people. We want them to grow into a relational person who can navigate conflict better than before. But they can't base our love for them based on what they're getting. And sometimes discipline is the way to know love. It's one of the ways God talks about in the Bible that we can know we're loved. So earlier we talked about tragedy being one of the reasons people step away from a relationship with God, coming from their unmet expectations. And so you can understand in these terms, if a teenager um, was, was uh, 
what was I going to say? If they were, if they were praying that, um, just praying so hard that, that God, God, don't let my parents divorce. God, don't let my parents divorce. And the more they pray, the more their faith is built, their expectation increases. And, you know, maybe they go for prayer at church or to their friends, and everyone just agrees that God's going to do a miracle. But they go home that day, and Dad announces, you know what? Your mom gave me divorce papers. And the student is devastated, wondering what is the point in praying? Where is God? Does he love me or not? Is he mad at me? Why did he let me down? And in these situations, there's no easy answers. Over the years, we've faced a lot of disappointments with people. And that's why I know that this this understanding of faith, this foundation of knowing you can trust God no matter what, is so important because bad things do happen. And we need a safe context for life's disappointments. We have to stop giving the message to people, oh, just follow Jesus, life is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing and it's really hard. And it's full of trials and tribulations and heartache. And all the time, Jesus will be with you. He'll never leave you. But it's not going to be sunshine and roses. Our unmet expectations and our faith that we've framed have set us up for disappointment with God. And so if we can recognize today that we might have wrong thinking, we might have been taught wrong doctrine, because God has not promised to keep bad things from happening. That's not what he promised. In fact, he promises you trouble. Trouble will come. And so as long as we live on this earth in the presence of sin and in the presence of sickness and in the presence of death, we will experience loss and hurt and pain. And that message is for another day. You've heard us preach it before. We're in the presence of sin and sickness. And yes, all his promises are true. And we can declare them and we can believe for them. But if our faith rests on us getting the answer we want... It's shaky. If our relationship with God is nothing because someone in our family is sick, we need to rebuild our foundation because he may not give you what you want, but he will always give you what you need. And his mercy and his grace are available no matter what you are going through. His mercy and his grace. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. As I read it, I'm going to get the worship team to come back up. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity, for as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we draw freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss, and discover the grace we urgently need 
to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Mercy and grace. He will always give us that. He will always give us what we need. No matter what you're walking through, no matter what pain you faced, no matter what pain is in the future, whatever mountain is in front of you, his grace is available. His mercy is available. The message says, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy. Accept the help. It just makes me think, actually, you know, sometimes we're like, that's not what I want. It's not what I want. I wanted this thing. I wanted my grandma not to die. I wanted my business not to crumble. You can't always get what you want. If you try sometime, you might find you get what you need. The NASB says, therefore, let's approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help at the time of our need. Would you stand this morning? We're going to pray and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning. Lord, if there's, if there's been hurt, if there's been tragedy, I pray this morning your mercy and your grace would fall in this place and that each one would step into your presence where grace is enthroned to receive mercy and the grace we urgently need. God, if we have, if we have built up crooked walls, maybe had wrong thinking, do you bring us back to the foundation that we can trust you no matter what, that our faith is built in a relationship with Jesus? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me this morning? Each one of us can, can say those words in our heart with an open heart and ask him, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do with what I've just heard? Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.